episode of Urban Legends, the podcast about urban legends. Uh, and I uh, am the former body double of Jarvis Cocker, Chris Flynn. And with me, he's an alien who's here to save the planet Earth, the superhero, sometimes known as, in a superhero form, Pop- Popcorn Pete. <laughs> His uh, day-to-day name is Mr. Neil Herbert. Pop compete. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Pop compete. Let's He's come and do popcorn, us. but it's crazy. Blow your minds. So, Neil, um, Neil, or should I say, Pete. Uh, <laughs> Just um, P squared is how I go. P squared. How's your week been? You've been yeah, um, let's see. You've been taking down any super super villains with your popcorn powers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's there's an there's an obvious one, isn't there? We'll get into that. Um, yeah, there's um, you know it... the man the man from Del Monte. He's obviously one of the big supervillains. Yeah, the man from the man from Del Monte. He was. Um, I'll tell you what he's been up to recently. He was, he was a bit shabby. Taking over bit... taking over Guatemala, wasn't he? For his own fruit plantations. As I say, he's selling. Uh, he was selling. Bees to underage kids. Really? Bandit's juice empire. Yeah, that's how he's making his profit these days. Oh, so he's using... right out of the Tim Peaches market. So he uses the the sugary suits. They're, they're hell on the laundry. <laughs> he's using the, sh- the the kind of sugary fruit juice. Yeah, he's just, just add, he's know. just adding some yeast in there, letting it yep. ferment. Nice strong booze. Yeah, I've done that. Literally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, and what one, what ones of your wide wide range of powers did you use to to defeat him? Uh, my hypnoster. Hypnoster. You convince pop- him to back off from evil. Yeah. Okay. Your popcorn hypnoster. My, my popcorn hypnoster. Yeah. So well, your you just eyes sort of, turn you, into curls of popcorn and start spinning yeah, round. They start spinning round, and you hear sizzling and popping like <laughs> a pan of popcorn, and the aroma of a uh, toasted corn assails your nostrils, <laughs> and you. Just you go just... into a reverie, and then you're highly suggestible. Stop, stop speaking in tongues. <laughs> I did. I did make him eat a raw onion and dance around like a chicken before. Oh, I... well, go have your fun, haven't you? You're not getting paid yeah, for it. Exactly. You know. Um, so, what planet were you from again? Uh, the the planet which which you were sent sent from was that? Um... Oh yeah, the the planet Unexistium. Yeah, it, it sounds like a really um, poorly made up name, just like a placeholder. But um, no, it's um, that's you know, I mean, yeah, Very, uh, it sounds a bit like an English word, but it's no, it's a, it's I a mean, something completely ancient different. and heroic language. You should hear some of the poetry. And, is it like, is it like ancient Norse? Um, I mean, I suppose that would be a, a comparable, yeah, it's quite they're quite feisty people, the um, unexistians. So the Alexistians, um, did they come down to Earth previously and, and they were then worshipped as gods? Like um like like in those Marvel. episodes of Star Trek, yeah. Or Star or Trek, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's where Greek myths come from, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. You were of course you used to be called Mercury, didn't you? 
because you yes. so rise across the sky on a popcorn chariot. Highly poisonous and would drive people mad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially hat makers. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, um, you know, I'd like to say from the, and I'm sure my, the, my listeners would like to say as well, um, uh, from all of us from the bottom of our heart, thanks very much for, uh, for all of the, the, the work you do to keep, keep us safe. I don't, I don't do it for the, that's nice, Chris, but you know, I just, I do it because it's the right thing to do, you know. Well, and cold hard cash, obviously. Yeah, cash, popcorn, cash for yeah. popcorn. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so this week now, uh, I know you've I mean, been. You don't, you don't think people, you know, what, why do you think everyone in cinemas goes and meets popcorn? I mean, it's a stupid thing to have in a cinema, isn't it? Well, I mean, the reason, you're the reason why it's so, Celebrating so expensive, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you pro- you produce you produce the popcorn yourself. We won't. Yeah. We people don't might, dwell on don't dwell pe- on where the coatings come from. People wouldn't might not necessarily not want to eat it. Then you where where you produce the popcorn from, but then you um, sell it at an incredibly high Same with price. any food product. Same with any food product. Same with any food. Apples, especially. I want to know where they come from. No. Um, let's just say elephants are involved. So uh, you've been. You've been on uh, the socials recently, haven't you? Complaining about this podcast and said that we haven't had a ghost story in a while. Yeah, well, you know, I'm... complaining, 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 and put you put out that um... on about new coke or whatever shite. You <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that one because that's what we haven't released yet. But anyway. but obviously, um, I use my psychic powers to predict that's going to come. It'll out. be released before this one, I would think. Yeah, um, and you put you're putting up kind of. Uh, polls on uh twitter saying do you think uh chris is a prick and both of the options was yes so is there is there something that you wanted to say to me face to face as it were chris you're a prick oh thanks very much <laughs> thanks thanks for spotting oh, well, that i think it was fairly obviously called out in the bar yeah. i i thought you were gonna back you i i misread the situation i thought you'd back down oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> we all live in hype, don't we? So, this t- this week we are going to be looking at a spooky tale, but not only spooky; it's also a true crime tale of sorts. Of a, of a, and it's the Green Briar Ghost, the ghost who helped solve her own murder, apparently, or did she, Neil? Initial thoughts. <laughs> Um, it sounds unlikely, but you, you know, you have heard, we have heard of detectives, you know, using the paranormal to try and solve crimes before it has. Do they still do that? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Are they allowed it's, to um, do it? It's not a question of Does it make a mockery? Well, the thing, well, I don't think it's going to hold up very well in court. I'll say that much, but, um, you know, spiritual evidence. No, supposedly, you know, and I don't know. I don't know how, I but doubt it's very find common. Evidence you do and hear that kind of stuff. From, yeah, exactly. Go and see some psychic as well. Uh, maybe you should go and investigate. The have a look at, have a look there. Have a look in that Stevie Wonder record sleeve. I reckon there's a knife in there. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it doesn't tend to be particularly specific evidence, does it? I don't think. But have a look in their flat. You might find some evidence. <laughs> oh. It reminds me of the, uh, the fish film noir, dead on arrival. Where the man solved his own murder, he walks into a walks into a police station to start the film, mm. and he's going, "I've come to solve a murder, my own." 
Oh, really? What, so he knows he's going to be murdered. He's been given a slow-acting poison, ah. and then he solves he solves the mystery of who was trying to kill him, and then uh, dobs him into the old the old bill. Grasses him in. And that's that's his big thing. He stitches walks in, he's about to die, and he's like, uh, "Well, he's going to die anyway." And I believe they remade it with Dennis Quaid in the eighties. There you go. Well, that's quite go. a good little movie. Yeah. I can't. Well, I like the film. Thing. I like film noir films. Yeah, it's, it's convoluted like most of those things. Are. That's quite a good hook, though. Yeah, I've come to solve a murder. My, my own. <laughs> I don't play by anyone's rules, not even yeah. my own. That is a maverick detective. <laughs> he killed you. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You'll never know. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, Tuts? <laughs> I'm out to be a good detective as me. Maybe you'd figure it out. <laughs> the, the irritating suicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just unhappy, I guess. Fuck him. So uh, let's let's get into this. So uh, this is the, the article is from Mental Flows, which is a oh, website. I have um, heard of it. Yes, we've used it several times, uh, and it's by Matt uh, Soniak, um, the Hedgehog. <laughs> Thank you for your input, Matt. <laughs> so it was from September twenty fourth, two thousand and fourteen. Updated October the 23rd, 2021, because there was a lot of stuff which could be considered Me Too in there by Matt originally. So if they had to go back. Yeah, you know, do <laughs> yeah, a cool. scrub. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, things have changed. Statements. Things have changed over the last seven years. Mental Plus doesn't do that kind of thing anymore. So, um, far more inclusive place. I don't know, I don't know anything about Mental Plus. <laughs> so, um, I'm just going to read, read, read the story, man. And yeah, we'll, fair enough. You know, and you we'll, do that, and then let's see what. Let's see what. If any, then you can't see this, but we've both got our hands up in the, in the air, um, shrugging our shoulders as we're talking right. in a casual way. Why not? So, one January afternoon in 1897, Erasmus Edward Shoe Shoe, sorry, a blacksmith, sent his neighbour's young boy to see if Elva Shoe's wife of three months needed anything from the market. The boy walked through the front door of the Shoes uh, Rural Greenbrier County, West Virginia, Log House and found Eva lying at the foot of the stairs. Oh, no. Moided. You're jumping to conclusions. Okay. Well, you might she could have been, could been having a sleep. Fit of vapours. Yeah, just having a sleep. Could have overdone the tonics. Yep. He stood for a moment looking at the woman, not knowing what to make of the scene. Her body was stretched out, straight with her legs together. One arm was at her side and the other rested across her chest. Her head was tilted to one side. That's that's the tonics, if ever I've heard of it. Yeah, um, sounds like it. <laughs> still the lord them. Um, at first, he thought that she was simply asleep on the floor. Ah, because he's just a child. Just have, have a kip down there. Just have a kip on the floor, but on the stairs like anyone would. Uh, <laughs> he stepped towards her, quietly calling, Miss you. When she didn't respond, he panicked and bolted from the house. He told his mother what he had he's found. He spooked this kid, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> spooked you? He's in my film noir films. Um, uh, he told his mother what he'd found, and she summoned the local doctor and coroner, George W. Knapp. Well, she's covering both ends of the spectrum there, then. That's good. Did she die? I don't know. Uh, Knapp didn't get to the shoe's house for almost an hour. By the time he arrived, 
Shu had already gotten home, carried his wife's body up to the bedroom, washed and dressed her, and laid her out on the bed. He prepared her body for burial in a high-necked dress with a stiff collar and placed a veil upon the face. I mean, it sounds quite suspicious, but they're different times, I guess. Mm. But, yeah, that seems quite unusual. Washing the body? Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, if you're out out, out in the sticks, yeah. Some would call that removing the the evidence. So, Knapp went about examining the body. Shu cradling his wife's head and crying the whole while. When Nat attempted to examine... Distracting. Yeah. Ah! Sorry, I know it's come saying, but if you could be a bit more stoic and move to the next Yeah, come on. Come on. It's it's 1897, mate. I mean, first first you wash the corpse. (laughs) The the 60s aren't for another 60 years. (laughs) Um, So, when Nat attempted to examine uh, Elva's neck and head, Shu became agitated. Oh. And that, they didn't want to provoke him any further, left. <laughs> that seems fair, fair enough. Don't want, to, don't want to piss the guy off. Uh, he found it's nothing... Close to tears, but he was like weeping like a fucking scullion. He found, uh, he found nothing amiss with the body parts that he had examined. And he'd also been treating Elva for a few weeks prior. So he listed the cause of death as everlasting faint. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that's... Sounds suspiciously so, ill-researched. <laughs> everlasting faint, uh, and then changed it to complications from pregnancy. Everlasting faint was what they called like a heart attack or a stroke or something yeah, back, okay. in, back in those days. Um, mm. So, Elva's body was taken to a childhood home of Little Sewell Mountains, uh, named after Brian Sewell, and buried, yeah. but not before a bizarre funeral where her widower... Acted erratically. <laughs> Father! He's, he's flying up a few red flags, isn't he? <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what, if the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the end of the story is that the, she, she points a finger at him as a ghost and he's the one who killed her, this is going to be disappointing. I well. hope he's a red herring. I mean, that is what's going to happen, isn't it? But yeah, that's, that's, yeah anyway. Well, it's not too well on that. He paced by the casket, fiddling with her head and neck. <laughs> what? What about fucking drawing attention? Uh, <laughs> in addition, it's like all of them post stories, isn't it? It's just he's, he's guilty and he can't he can't help himself. In addition to Fortunately, the surrounded by oblivious fucking idiots, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm... all just incredibly. Oh, he's, he's awful, saying. <laughs> Look, he won't he won't start pouring paint on her neck. I think there might be some bruising around the neck. Um, don't, don't 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 look at that. Oh, fair enough, you know. I'm getting ag- I'm getting agitated, pet. <laughs> Don't agitate me any further. Um, in addition to the collar and the veil, he covered the head and neck with a scarf of his favourite soccer team. Then put uh, a coat over the top of that. Put a coat over the top of that. Just covering up the... Just covering up some, the put, some, put some straw over the body. Yeah. <laughs> loads of soil. You're gonna work why, you, why are you burying her in the casket? <laughs> It didn't match a burial dress. Why are you burning the body? We're going to have a burial. It looked cold. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't match a burial dress, but she insisted that it was her favourite and that she would have wanted to bury it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Watford, Watford Football Club scarf. Yeah. <laughs> it's a favourite. Oh, she, <laughs> yeah, she loved them. She had the hornets. Uh, he also propped her head up, first with a pillow, then a roll cloth. It was certainly strange 
But most guests... broken. What are you talking about? <laughs> you talking about <laughs> it's not coming off. Why are you saying that? Yeah. <laughs> and then with a pulley, a system of pulleys. Yeah. <laughs> you put a neck and a neck brace. And... <laughs> And it was a favourite neck brace. It was a favourite full body wear it cast. At Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was certainly strange, but most guests likely chalked it up to the grieving process, as you would. Hazing grief is an. I'll be honest. It's an odd town. It's full of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, it's a bit like La Pascalita's thing, isn't it? Which yeah. is, if you want to listen to that, it's about um, someone who, in grief had uh, a wax An incredibly statue. lifelike mannequin of their daughter made, made yeah. and then put it in the shop window of their wedding dress shop. But, yeah, grief gets to us all differently. She was generally liked and regarded without suspicion by everyone in town. Mm, he's a smooth <laughs> operator. A mother's intuition. Wow. Everyone, that is, except Mary Jane Heaster, Elva's mother. She had never liked Shu. I don't like him. And even no without and even without evidence, she was convinced that he had murdered her daughter. Uh, if only Elva could tell her what had happened, she thought. <laughs> hmm. Well, the thing is, I mean, you don't know that. I that's mean, my what second thought. thought now is that Mama Elva has actually written a story here, and uh, yeah. oh no, he's acting very suspicious. Kept crawling the neck and turning around. No, so I had to, I had to use my medium powers to speak to a ghost. And then, you yeah, see, I don't like writing. it. I don't like it when stories, when people write stories and they say, "If only Elva could tell her what happened." She thought because you don't know what she was thinking. She could have been thinking, oh, "I'm going to stitch this cunt up," and then I get his wagon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't know. She it's, some... it's just a little bit of embellishment, just a bit of artistic license. Ugh. Ugh. She decided to pray for Elva to, to somehow come back from the dead and reveal the truth about her death. She prayed every evening for a week until finally a prayer was answered because that is how it works. Yeah, I mean, the Bible is notorious about raising the dead. It's it's <clears> very <throat> pro. I remember Jesus was just like, yeah, you know, if you, if you want to speak to any dead people, that's yeah, fine. If you, pray, if you pray for one week, once a day for a week, I'll, um, I'll, I'll send them down to have a chat with you if you want. Yeah, well, it's like putting money in the meter. You've got to do so many prayers per day to sort of like just to get the thing to happen. You've got to sort of charge power it. Got to get the old, the old spirit. I, I would explain go. exactly how the metaphysics work, but you know, but just, you do know. You just don't. You're not going to yeah. explain it. No, no, be too mm. complicated for the layman, Chris. It's only for the initiated, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like yourself. If you've not, if you've not got the holy orders, you're not going to. You know, it's only from, from people from the planet. Unexistium? Yeah. <laughs> they know about it. Um, Hester claimed her daughter appeared to her in a dream four nights in a row to tell her a story. Supposedly... Well, dreams are notoriously accurate, so that's they are. already sounding good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a recurring dream, the most that's accurate. True. That gives it. That gives it more. I had some really horrible dreams last night, Neil. Did you? Oh, yeah, I don't know what that was about. What's going on there? Eating some cheese before bedtime? No. Do you reckon... Murdered reckon... anyone recently? No, more than normal. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> not, not, any, not any that prick your conscience. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it wasn't only one who didn't deserve yeah. it. That's no one of no one of value. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, supposedly that encompasses a very high percentage of the world's it, population. It, 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 it's it? everyone minus maybe two or three people. Yeah. Bob Mortimer, <laughs> um Henry the Cat, and uh I don't know. Kim Young un yeah. He's all right. Don't mind him. Well, he's, he's born into it, isn't he? What's he supposed to do? Turn mm. the gig down, you know. The economy's work, do, tell me what, say what you will about him, but the economy's doing better. Yeah. <laughs> Can't make it on without breaking excrets to sit it many a time. Exactly. You know. If it, you know, if, if things are gonna be shit anyway, you might as well have a, a slightly better economy. So yeah. um you know, it's it's Evolution, not revolution now. Absolutely. Um, supposedly. Pyongyang's never looked better, in my opinion. Gorgeous. It's got that, it's got that massive hotel where no one's allowed really to stay. Really its own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it might be the European city of Colton. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Supposedly, the spirit appeared first uh, as a bright light, gra- gradually taking a human form and filling the room with a chill. Mm. Elva's ghost confessed to her mother that Shu cruelly abused her and one night attacked her in a rage when he thought she hadn't made any meat for his dinner. Well, that's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> you haven't made me any meat. Well, you don't make meat. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was like one of those really, you know, if these um, substitute meats that they're making now out of like, you know, I don't know, yeast extracts or whatever. Maybe he was like a really early inventor of that. <laughs> It's just like really militant vegan. Fungus. Yeah, exactly. Um, he had broken her neck, the ghost said, as she turned her head no. completely around 360. Well, yeah. Maybe, or maybe she's an owl. Maybe, maybe it was just an owl. A lot it, of these things are owls, to be honest. That Cornish owl creature we covered, yeah, I mean, you know. Could have been the owl man. Yeah. He could it could have been it could have been murdered by a husband or maybe your it daughter was an owl person. Scratches up scouse people. Yeah. Um so then the ghost turned and walked away, disappearing into the night while staring back at her mother, presumably with her head rotated. <laughs> yeah. Spinning around like the exorcist. Yeah, or like backs of front the raggy doll. Don't you certainly like the people there? <laughs> Uh, for all you raggy doll fans, uh, Heaster went to the local prosecutor, John Preston, nice. and spent the afternoon at his office trying to get him to reopen the case. With a press, a really convincing dream. <laughs> An owl came in. Right? So, come on, let's face it, that husband is dodgy as fuck. But we all really, what? We all really like him. <laughs> yeah. You've never liked him, have you? You know, um, you don't like anyone, Esther. <laughs> yes, Esther, you let's be let's be honest. You know, if you are uh, a person, if you bump into one arsehole a day, Esther, then you bumped into an arsehole. If you bump into a hundred arseholes every day, maybe you're the arsehole. Uh, so whether Pest- Preston, not Preston, not Robert Preston, whether Robert Preston <laughs> believes a story about the ghost, we don't know. But Heaster. I thought it was John, John Preston. It was. I changed it to Robert Heston, the political oh, fair reporter. Um, 
But <laughs> Easter was persistent and convincing enough that he began asking questions around town. Uh, I reopened the case. Uh, well, not, of, really not officially, but, you know, I can ask some questions. Just ask a few questions. Yeah, just one more question. Uh, Shoe's neighbours and friends told Preston about the man's strange behaviour at the funeral. I mean, look, we've given her a thorough autopsy. I checked her legs. The white <laughs> husband would get a bit moody after that when I started going <laughs> north from there. But, you know, you know definitely no foul play below the neck. Pure as <laughs> yeah. You know, 80 20 roll. You go, you know. <laughs> well, I haven't got all day, yeah. you know. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Knapp admitted that his examination had been incomplete. Mm. It was enough for Preston to justify an order for a complete autopsy. And a few days later, the body was... I think ex- that would be kind of regular when bodies just turn up in houses, wouldn't you? But... Nah, an autopsy. It's 80, it, look, this isn't Quincy. This is 1897. The body was exhumed despite Shoe's objections. That. No, don't. <laughs> nothing to say. There's nothing to say here. I'm, I'm getting riled again. <laughs> Knapp and two other doctors laid the body out in the town's one-room schoolhouse to give it a summer examination while the kids were still there. A local newspaper, the Pocahontas yeah, Times. Where we learn. <laughs> Practical <laughs> experience in these small towns. I think we missed some of that. Hey, uh, who here? Put your hands up if you if you want to be... A coroner in future. Gather round. That's it. Um, so better, local... better than that week they brought in there the town drunk. Yeah, or that time they well that that week they, they vivisected the town drunk. Yeah. Oh, look at the size of that liver. Whoa. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> hey, go on, give it a poke. <laughs> he won't mind. That's hard to scale, isn't it? Ooh. Have a feel of that. Now a feel of my liver. Um, so the local newspaper called the uh, Pocahontas Times, unbelievably, later reported that on the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had been choking, that the neck was dislocated between the first and the second vertebrae, the ligaments were torn and ruptured, and the windpipe had been crushed at a point in the front of the neck. I mean, they wow. got really lucky that Ghost sort of intervened, didn't they? Because that doctor's really doing a shitty fucking job. Well, he's got... Uh, I'm the doctor, I'm the coroner. I run the local yeah. grocery shop. Yeah. i got time uh, for Oh, come on, she's all right. He wouldn't have done nothing. He's got his gold. Yeah. That's true, yeah. I mean, look, if she's going to murder his wife, I mean, which one... He looked really upset. Doing? Yeah. He wasn't acting erratically at all. It was clear Elva's death was not natural, but there was no evidence pointing to the killer and no witnesses. Shoe's strange behaviour since Elva's death uh, stuck in Preston's mind and cast some suspicion on him. Canny sleuth, isn't he? (laughs) Fucking brilliant. Uh, At the same time, Elva's mother had described exactly how her daughter was killed before the autopsy was performed. Maybe she'd done it, and the ghost story was an elaborate plot to frame Shoe. Yeah, that'd be a good twist. Burn, burn, burn. Earlier, yeah. I like, I like that one. Skeletons in Shoe's closet. Preston's it turns, con- turns out ten, ten of his ex-wives disappeared in extremely similar circumstances. You would be yeah. surprised. <laughs> Preston's 
Uh, Preston continued to investigate and began to look into Shu's past. <laughs> he learned that Shu had been married twice before. The yeah. first ended in a divorce while Shu was in prison for stealing a horse. Well, you can't, steal a horse, Chris. Can't trust a horse thief. Uh, that wife later told the police that Shu was extremely violent and beat her frequently while they were married. Mm. His second marriage ended after just eight months with a mysterious death of the wife. Hmm. Hmm. Stroke your beers. Uh, in between these marriages, Shu boasted in prison that he planned to marry seven women in his lifetime. I'm going to, I'm going to marry seven women. Yeah. You know, Henry VIII, big fat. It is bigger me. Yeah, I'm going to go one better. Yeah, well, one better than Henry VIII. That's my plan. Um, the previous wife's mysterious death and Shu's history of abuse were circumstantial, but enough to press, for Preston to bring him to trial. Easter was the prosecution's star witness, but Preston wanted to avoid the issue of her ghostly sightings. <laughs> how's a witness, someone who's been talked to by a ghost? Since Elva's story, as related to her by the mother, might be objected to as hearsay by the defence. Perhaps hoping to prove her unreliable, Shu's lawyer questions Heaster's, uh, Heaster extensively it's like about... It all came to her in a dream, <laughs> and it's been relayed by a ghost. Or an I mean, owl. Most lawyers would have a field there with this. Yeah, Yeah, but again, this is 1897. Right, yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Open and shut case. Perhaps hoping to prove her unreliable. Well, I mean, that's a, a fair tactic, I'd say. Well, yeah, you know. Hugh's lawyer questioned Heaster extensively about the ghost's visitation on cross-examination. But this tactic backfired, with Heaster refusing to waver in her account despite intense badgering by the lawyer. Many people in the community, if not the jury, seemed to believe Heaster's story, and Hugh himself did no favour, taking to the stand in his own defence, rambling and appealing to the jury to look into my face and then say if I'm guilty. Yeah. He's a shaking his fist. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll get an agitator. Green Pyre Independent reported that his testimony, manner, and so forth made an unfavourable impression. I don't know why there's an English person there. An unfavourable impression on the spectators. It was a notorious scrub. A gadabout. It was a gadabout, a scrub. And he boasted to so that he was against seven wives and better than that of Henry Day. That's none of that happened. The jury deliberated for just an hour and ten minutes before returning a guilty verdict. Hang him. Hang him. Oh, no, he was sentenced to life in prison. But okay. he died soon after, after an epidemic tore through the prison in the spring of 1900. He used to live until... Uh, 1916, and never recanted a story about Elva's ghost. Maybe her story swayed the jury and won the case. Maybe it didn't. I mean, maybe it was the fact that he'd got his previous wives said he was violent, slash, had died mysteriously. Yeah, you know, it sounds, he's got a I bit mean, of previous. He sounds pretty guilty, doesn't he? I mean, it's a, it does seem quite circumstantial. Though. You would have thought a decent lawyer would have uh, would have gotten him off. I mean, it does sound guilty, but, you know. Maybe the ghost was all in Heaster's head, or maybe her daughter spoke to her beyond the grave, or maybe it was a strategic lie. 
But no matter who saw or believed what, without the ghost story, he uh, may have never gone to Preston and she may have never gone to trial. A historical marker in the Greenbri- Greenbrier County, uh, historical marker in Greenbrier County commemorates Elva's death and an unusual court case that followed, noting that this was the only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped to convict a murderer. It's is nice that in America or is that all over the world? I'd, I'd like to think it's... In Green, you know, ju- it's just in Greenbrier County. Oh, just in Green... Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah, it's commonplace in New York. It's all the time. Go, go, if go you don't, if, jury as well. If, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't have a, a ghost in the witness stands, you're really you have at least one ghost witness. You're not likely to, uh, to, to prove this case. <laughs> just, just better settle out of court at that point. Yeah, nice. I was going to believe you. What, are just living witnesses? Well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to cut no. a mustard. No, I don't trust them. Um, so, yeah, it's a good little story. I quite like that. I mean, so this, so this is all actually stuff what happened. And mm. the question is, is whether or not, um, you know, whether or not truly she was visited by a... I mean, I, I mean... The ghost didn't really solve her own murder, did she? It was more a kind of... Um... Well, she, well, she did. Well, she said how she'd well, been I suppose, murdered. I suppose, yeah, she pushed her mum to um, to sort of, like, get the case reopened. I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite liking the mother here. Unless it is, as I say, just like she's just stitched him right up. But so what I will said say... That, he's got the previous history, hasn't he? So, yeah. It's, it's I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where it's appeared in popular culture. Go on. So, uh, Kate Letcher-Lyle, a writer and amateur historian, in her book, The Man Who Wanted Seven Wives... The uh, Greenbrier Ghosts and the fucking hell, it's a long title. This is the title of the book, right? That's your, fir- that's your first problem. <laughs> the Man Who Wanted Seven Wives, The Greenbrier Ghosts and the famous murder mystery of 1897. Pick a title, you've got three there. Yeah, exactly. Gave a dramatised account of The Greenbrier Ghost. Lyle explained in her conclusion in 1999 issue of Wonderful West Virginia magazine in which she stated that Mary had probably made up the story of the ghost in order to make a compelling argument to open up a daughter's case. She said Mary knew she to be clever, unprincipled and persuasive. If he'd murdered once, he could murder again. Perhaps she feared that if no one validated her accusations, she would prove extremely dangerous. So pretending to receive news directly from uh, Zona, she could appeal to the superstitions of her mountaineer neighbours and gain a lot of public attention. As it turned out, she didn't need the ghost story, for she was convicted, according to every account, strictly on earthly considerations without any unearthly ghosts. The story of the Green... But it might have helped her sort of open the thing back up, mightn't it? Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, yeah, it got it got got a bit of traction. Yeah. I mean, I I like that. That's that's, that's a good good little... Yeah, a nice little con... Can't get, like, very much but, but no, but quite rightly, I mean, look, the, the geezer's openly got out and said he wants to have seven wives. That's dodgy as fuck. He's, um, he's, he's yeah. divorced one, killed another, probably. Yeah. So the story of the Greenbrier ghost is the subject of three, Neil. Not one, not two, three. but three. One, two, three. <laughs> I mean, that went well. It was, it was much worse in rehearsal. Um, <laughs> stage adaptations. Jan Buttram's play, Zona, was produced in 1998 by the Greenbrier Valley Theatre, the State Professional Theatre of West Virginia. 
The Greenbrier Ghost, a full-length musical adaptation. Oh, my neck's been broken and it's been spinning Don't around. you go touching that neck. Don't <laughs> you go examining the body. There you go. She would have wanted the scarf on for her burial. Yeah. Stuff like that. I'm a man to be trusted. I'm going to hurt some laughs. <laughs> my, last, my last wife died in serious circumstances. My, sec- my next wife died in even more serious circumstances. Oh, yeah, the book writes Look itself, in my it? face and tell me I'm a murderer. If you dare, jewelry. Dare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, the Greenbrier Ghost, a full-length musical adaptation, was written by Kathy Sawyer, book and lyrics, and by Joe Buttram Music. The show premiered in 2003 at Greenbrier Valley Theatre again. So that's only five years since the previous one. I mean, uh, get, get some other stories, Greenbrier. With subsequent productions in 2004, 2009, and 2013. Well, there's some catchy songs, Chris, so you, you know, I'm not surprised. I tell you what, though, now what you're not expecting is another full-length musical adaptation of the story. Is Greenbrier, eighteen ninety-seven? I guess it's melodramatic. It doesn't feel like it lends itself musical. to music so much. I don't know why have there been so many musical adaptations. Well, of I'm clearly wrong. Yeah, very. I don't wrong. know. Written and performed by yeah, the you could love... do a song by the ghost, a song by the husband, a song by the mother. Wake up, mummy, my head's spinning round. I'm a really unprofessional doctor. I really can't be able to do my job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of imagining all of them being like um, Charlie's musical in um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, Night, yeah. Nightman. Yeah. Nightman. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Dayman. Oh, Dayman. Dayman. Karate and friendship for everyone or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> and they performed that, didn't they? They actually did a live show, I think, for some fans. Oh, really? Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, so that was written and performed by the Love Well Institute for the Creative Arts. The musical debuted on June 28th, 2018, and has had performances on. June 28th through to June the 30th, 2018. I'll be honest, I can't, I can't go and see it, I think. Shall we see if we can buy the rights, the European yeah. rights for it? <laughs> European. Yeah, because you're not going to get the European rights. I'm sure we could put it on somewhere in Brighton. We'll do it for the festival, Brighton Festival. What, our own book? Brighton well, Fringe. Actually, there's nothing, there's nothing stopping us doing our own uh, adaptation, is there? Well, we've already got the songs. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Anyway. I've got the, the bones are there already. Just got to flesh <laughs> you out of it. Um... So, uh, a, a unique grave, a 2017 novel by Sharon McCrum. <laughs> the, 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 Don't be having a girl at McCrum's the, the, proud the, lineage. Sharon, Sharon McCrum, the spokes puppet for McVitie's, yeah. uh, is based on the Greenbrier case. <laughs> the Comedy Central show, Drunk History, profiled the Greenbrier ghost, and subsequent trial in the 2019 episode, Believe It or Not. Trouble Brewing, a 2021 novel by Heather Day Gilbert, is based on the Greenbrier Ghost legend. Mm. 
If no, I'm not going to go through further reading. So Neil, uh, I think that's about time for us to go through our intimate, almost too intimate scoring process, where we get to see make up some numbers and magnify their thought through logic into your into your soul, into the soul of a what is it an unexistium man. Uh, <laughs> I told you you wouldn't understand, Chris. Don't don't play with powers beyond your ken. It's just you know, fair enough. Just better to, you know, as 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 as, as a wise man once said. Look, when someone says something, can't you just accept it? Just accept it. It's easy Excellent. to be cynic, isn't it? Easy, easy to be cynical. Just, oh, just make you feel like a big man, does it? Being all cynical. Yeah, just accept what everyone people. says always. Yeah. You know uh, what? Are you scared to. Um, <laughs> so, Neil. Spookiness, and remember, this is a ghost story. Yeah, well, exactly. So it's got to be so spooky as you can. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, so yeah, there's there's a few sort of spooky elements. There's there's the um, justice from beyond the grave. Well, that's a nice thing. Um, there's uh, this horrific. I mean, taking at face value, this horrific guy. He's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like boasting about wanting to have seven wives, and presumably he was you know, going to come to a foul end. That's that's. Well, he divorced the first one. Fucked up. Well, this is the thing: is was his plan to just like, yeah? Oh, it sounds like. Do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like classic escalation. Yeah, you wonder, don't you? So that's 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 very spooky. I think this guy's kind of like getting a psychopath. Well, everyone liked him as well, so he he does kind of fit the psychopathic. You know, quite charming and handsome. Tread of personality things going on. Um, So yeah, he can charm people, but he's kind of like a. Oh, you'd be a CEO these days. Oh yeah, he'd be running. Yeah. I don't know, running Time Warner, something like that. Working for yeah, or che- che- Chevron. He'd be the uh, the. No, that's just that's a haircut, wherever Greenberry is. Exxon Mobile. Yeah, I'm going to stop naming companies that have CEOs. Yeah, <laughs> Wendy's. Wendy's. Have you been to Wendy's yet? No, they just don't want in Brighton, haven't they? Mm. Yeah. Square burgers, Chris. Imagine that. I can very easily. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, bang on about it quite a lot. I did have a Wendy's in America when I went to New York. It's, it seems fine. I don't know. I've um, been to America, yeah. of course. I've not, I've not eaten at like a burger chain for probably about six years. I, I mean, like I'm... a McDonald's or something like that. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not anti them. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. don't tend to. Yeah. Fancy yeah, a like... big burger. Like a really nice, big, juicy burger would be nice. But, um, mm. you know, that's a, that's a dream that we, that I, that I could never, I could never quench that first. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. For, for anyway, reasons that I won't go into. Mysterious, say, uh, mysterious reasons. Yeah. You can allude to them, but let's not. Um, yeah. No, I think it's, yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, it's more of a kind of like a more interesting than spooky. But, you yeah, know, I think the guy's, the guy's spooky. Um, although the ghost has actually come here and it's sort of a force for good. Um, Spinning heads? What's that? Owl heads. That's why. Oh, yeah. You know, the head goes around three sixes. I mean, they, they cut out the bits with the projectile vomiting and crawling up and down the ceilings and watched it go up to the crucifix. But uh, Well, I mean, you do wonder if, again, you know, because this story's older than that, so maybe that's where they got the idea from through the exorcist. Could be, could be. The rotating, um, yeah, I, rotating nut. Yeah, I, the, 
the guy's creeping me out, so I'm going to give it a five. So the, the ghost actually isn't speaking. They're just kind of out for their justice. But uh, yeah. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a reassuring story in the end because justice was served, which is all nice. Yeah, he, he died of plague. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Justice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is. A, I mean, it's a, it's a horrible murder, really, isn't it? That's what it looks like. I believe it, that he did murder and he's, he was a murderer and probably would murder again. So people like that are inherently a bit spooky. Um, <clears throat> the ghost stuff, I mean, it would be, I mean, I think it, oh, it would it wouldn't wouldn't be spooky because you've been praying for your daughter to come and turn up. Yeah. And then you'd be like, hey. And then they go, whoa, with their with their head. <laughs> Spin it round. Yeah. And then that'd be quite horrible. Especially if they were then walking off with the head looking back at you, yeah. <laughs> staring at you. Um <clears throat> I mean, I think the lack of professionalism of the Doctor Slash Coron is quite spooky. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, well, whatever, mate. Uh, look, look, I've, You're ta- done yet. I've taken up enough. Of busy, your, I've taken up enough of your time. You look, you look sad. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with you. Though. I'm going to give it a five. I think believability. So this all happened apart. And so where we really stand is how much mother believed and how and if there was a ghost involved or whether it was a clever trick by the mum. I mean, believability is high because this actually happened. She was killed, and this, you know, there's court records yeah. and everything. So that's all good. Um, did the mum? You see, this is the thing. I think by, I think by saying that the, you know, that the mum did see a ghost or what she thought was a ghost and that was coincidence and that it man or mm. like that it wasn't planned and that's how the trial got reopened. I think it's doing her a disservice. I reckon she's played a blinder. I reckon she's yeah, played no, I like the theory that, that the the novelist came up with. I think that's that's a that's yeah. a nice little... So I don't yeah. I, I don't think that the mum even believed there was a ghost, but I reckon she believed that the guy was a prick and he'd done it. And then yeah. she came up with this as a way to get bit of traction to get him get it actually properly looked at so um <clears throat> i don't believe the ghosts bit of it because i think but you know i, I do believe that the mum used that as a good a good way of moving things forward so i'll go and it did all happen so i'm going to give it a seven for believe actually i'm going yeah, for, probably, i'm going for an eight I'm going for an eight oh fair enough yeah i'll Probably similar premise for me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much all of that, to be honest with you, Chris. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, I, I don't necessarily believe that she was visited by a daughter from beyond the grave. But then, as you say, I quite like the story. I mean, I suppose it's up to you. You can you can decide whether... It's nice, isn't it? Because you can make your own mind up. One of those stories. Oh, I, but, um, I like to just be told. <laughs> really? No, I, I, I like it. a bit of ambiguity. I like a bit of ambiguity. Um, so yeah, you can take it one way or the other, which I think is quite nice. But um, yeah, like you, know, I kind of like tend to think, um, yeah, she she probably just used that to reopen it because he was a popular man about town. But um, that then, oh well, actually, you know, my daughter's come back from the grave, and you can't just be willing to look into this further. So that going to push it back open. So um, I reckon she absolutely badgered that uh, Preston guy until until he or... did until he like had a look. Do your fucking job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, I, 
because so much of it is based factual information, I think you've got to give it. I'm going to give it a seven rather than an eight. But uh, yeah, I think you've got to give it quite a high score because so much of it is is based on documented evidence. Oh, right, neat. Uh, Neil Reach. Reach. Um, again, unsurprisingly, never heard of this one before. Um, it happened quite a long time ago. I mean, it's it's one of those ones. It's a funny one because actually, it's more a lot of musical theatres based on it. Some people say that it was the start, yeah. the start of musical theatre. <laughs> yeah, musical theatre arranged for this. Yeah, I mean, Gilbert and Sullivan did an operetta on this, didn't they? they did. Um, I mean, it didn't go down like Pirates of Penzance, but there you go. It, yeah, no, it seems to have spawned a lot of musical theatre, which is nice. I think that's good. I mean, that's that's. I think that's unique in the canon thus far for us. <laughs> He killed me. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't imagine it's. The thing is, it's one of those ones. It's not. Um, it's a bit less of kind of like a bit of folklore or what have you. It's more of just like a quite a cool story. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously still being told, and you could have different interpretations of it. So, um, anyway, that's getting a bit generic. Thing. Um, Reach. I don't. Yeah, I don't know whether this one's. It's not as big as some of the ones we had, I don't think. But I think because it's because it's such a good story, and you can you can decide in different ways of whether you believe this or that. I think it'll, it it's one that will stick around, and it's been around for quite a while already. Yeah, um, America, yeah. So that's got a score quite high. It's another seven for me, I think. Seven. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's not one that I'd heard of until fairly recently. Um, I think it's probably fairly well known in America and it's 120 odd years old and it's in, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's known as the only case where a ghost was a witness. <laughs> so um, yeah. it's not got a huge reach, but um, you know, it's, it, it spawned, it spawned some, uh, some grease paint and soft shoe. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a six. And narrative premise. So it's quite a good story, isn't it? It's quite a good story. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got it's got a good narrative that, you know, um, that, you know, the, I mean, unfortunately, it's a true story. So the narrative is, is, a, is a real narrative, like this kind of horrible bloke who'd kind of moved from town to town and, like, was, you know, like, came across quite charming, but then ended up, like having a very kind of sociopathic side to him, yeah. um, uh, but you know the the quick witted mum managed to get the case reopened, and the guy went to trial. I mean, the thing is, for like, he, it sounds like he was like kind of pretty like e and charming and that, and then yeah. kind of was was almost like premeditated that he was going to kill wives and stuff. But then when he did it, he like completely lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way these things go sometimes, isn't it? Well, not, not, quite, quite, not, quite well. as, not quite as fucking smooth as he thinks he is. Well, like. The market slips, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, to be honest, quite often it's just it's people are just, you know just make allowances for this kind of behaviour, and it, clearly it was just kind of like trying to sort of talk it down. But it, you, you could tell that they sort of obviously thought something was a bit well. I don't know, I don't know how much of this is people reading into it in retrospect, yeah. but um, from the story that was told, it certainly sounded very dodgy. But I think it's a yeah, I think it's a good. Good narrative premise. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give it. And also, I mean, you know, it's good enough to have sparked spawned many a musical, many, many a narratives. Yes, the most, the most demanding of stage shows, the musical theatre. Uh, 
Um, so I'm going to give it a another seven, I think. Now, yeah. So I'm not sure if I actually wrapped up on the Reach one, so I'll just quickly go. I did. Okay, I'll give it a score, did I? Yeah. Yes. I'll I'll shut up. Um, If yeah, so (laughs) I'll go with the um, yeah narrative. You know, I really like this as a narrative because I think it's like um, there's a bit of ambiguity to it. So it's also quite a clever twist, like the ghosts kind of pointing out their own. I mean, I suppose that's that's probably something. Actually, there's probably uh, you know other versions of that. Well, Hamlet, yeah, his father's ghost kind of like comes in and then you hear about people, yeah, eventual ghost coming back from the grave. Um, but he, I mean, that, that all ends in tears, obviously, because um, everyone just gets killed up right nice in a Danish court and then Polonius walks in and sort of, yeah. Ooh. Was it Polonius? No, that was the, the boring dad, wasn't it? I can't remember any other chap who uh, comes in at the end and just like, oh, take over. Nice. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, they, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, so that, that one's probably kind of like the story it's been talking for, but no, I, I, I like, you know, the, the fact that you can interpret it as the, the mother actually being haunted by, you know, it could have been a dream, she was grief stricken, it could have been a real haunting, or it could just be her just using that to try and sway people, and I, I like that, that version of the story. So I think the fact that it's got that built in ambiguity is really good, and that gives it, um, gives it a bit more of a kick. And just, yeah, the twist about it all going to trial and everything as well is quite good, although it sounds like it's probably more of a conventional trial, but, this is the thing you can embellish all of these stories and that's why it's got a good narrative framework so actually i'm going to go quite high on this one i'm going to give it an a i think it's one of the, the better ones that we've come across nice so that gives us an overall urban legend score of 51 which is nice nice high one Pretty isn't good. it that's very nice, high nice to, nice to have a high one after a, a series of fairly average ones recently absolutely um so uh if you have uh heard someone in prison uh bragging that they uh going to kill their wives moving forward. Um, Future wives I've met, yeah. Perhaps... Uh, such a romantic. Perhaps, uh, you know, get in touch with the authorities. That'd be the first thing. Although you might yeah, you might not want to be a grass. I don't know the politics. But, you know, you can always let us know that or anything else or any... <laughs> anything, or, or, no, I'd really, I would really anything, go with, you know, Anything that you'd like us to have a look at at... Uh, herb dot which you are be dot legends dot podcast at gmail dot com, and um, that's it for this week's episode. If you uh, are interested in uh, start well writing uh, some musical theatre, then I think me and Neil have conclusively proved that it's our door. You should be knocking on for yeah, the get in touch for the songs. Love to work with you. Get in touch. <laughs> We're delighted to work with you. Obviously, depending on you know some some we'll, small we'll things around scale. percentage points, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, that's it from this week's three uh, points on the back end, Chris. Not penny less. <laughs> uh, I'll let you do the negotiating, Neil, because I don't even nice. know what that is. All right, and I will say goodbye from me, and goodbye from me. Later's. Bye.